Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so happy to be with you. What a blessing. I am still in Ireland and I've had a lovely week here. Just wonderful uh, all over, driving all over Ireland, Ireland, and uh, currently in Belfast. And I depart tomorrow for the United States. Be on the East Coast, Northeast, New Jersey, and Vermont, New York, New Jersey, Vermont area for a few weeks before I go back to Los Angeles. And uh, just absolutely loving my time in Ireland and connecting with the Irish people and joining local Course in Miracles groups here in the area, all over Ireland, and just absolutely love it it's raining here today and we've but we've had an, a spectacular week a beautiful beautiful week and i am grateful to be connecting with you the time here in ireland is later afternoon and in my hometown of los angeles it's eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> and i am grateful to have us connect here. Our topic this week is the healing fast track, getting on the healing fast track. <sighs> so let us let us jump in on that right now. We'll start with a prayer like we always do. I invite you to join with me now. We place our hand on our heart. Take this breath of love and gratitude and consciously tune in, tune up to the higher Holy Spirit self. We're consciously opening our hearts and minds to the highest and best. And as we take this breath of love and gratitude, we bring our attention and our awareness to the higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful and so thankful that we can consciously tune in and tune upward. So grateful and so thankful that we can relinquish the thoughts that create our experience of illness and lack and limitation. So grateful to say yes to the infinite intelligence that is leading us and guiding us in every moment. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and we declare that we are willing to remember our true identity. We are willing to be our true authentic self. We are willing to remember. Mm. In grace and in gratitude, we open ourselves to healing. We're allowing the healing we're accepting the healing. We're bringing the healing into our awareness as never before. And we are grateful and thankful to say yes. To let it be. To share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone. Because we're one with them. 
In grace and gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. So I was tuning in earlier today to get clear direction of what we're to share about today in in our time together in this radio show. And it's it's so interesting. I love being able to do this work in this way where it's not about me or what I think should happen. It's never about my opinion or judgment. I always am grateful that I can release that and step into the divine mind and follow divine guidance of what it is that we're to discuss and what I'm to share. I just absolutely give thanks that that is the way I get to work over and over and over again. It's so freeing. It's so liberating to not be stuck in my own limited sense of resources, but to step into the unlimited unprecedented so in tuning in i really got to build upon the absolutely awesome classes from uh last week's living a course of miracles for those of you who might be new to the living a course of miracles classes uh it's a series that i host called Living a Course in Miracles, and you can tune into it at livingacourseinmiracles.com. It's eight weeks, 16 free classes for you. Eight weeks, 16 free classes. And uh, this week is week six, and the teacher is Earl Purdy, and our topic is how to be happy. I love that, how to be happy. <laughs> And last week, our topic was Accelerated Wellness, and the teacher was Reverend Deb Phelps. And wow, it was a really, really deep couple of classes that we had last week. I got a tremendous amount of feedback from people all over the world who said it was very, very helpful to them. Accelerated wellness was our topic. And so what I got when I was tuning in early this morning was this healing fast track. And I got guided to a section in the manual for teachers. So I'm not going to go over the awesome, uh, material that was covered last week in Living a Course in Miracles. So if you like this topic, you can go back and you can get those classes. And uh, we've got six more free classes. And if you missed any of the classes, you didn't get them, you can always purchase them. They're actually incredibly inexpensive to buy the whole series of Living a Course in Miracles classes at livingacourseinmiracles.com. So what I I got here was to uh, look at this section in the Manual for Teachers. It's entitled, How is Healing Accomplished? And it's Chapter 5. And I just love this. I love the Manual for Teachers. And I often encourage people, if you have not been uh, really... uh, studying the course, but but uh, kind of dancing around it. A great way into it is the Manual for Teachers. So I encourage you to check it out and see what's there for you. Uh, 
the manual for teachers to me is very clear, it's very simple, and it's very accessible. I just love it. And I refer to it all the time. And this chapter five, how is healing accomplished is very, very helpful, very illuminating here. And it says here, healing involves an understanding of what the illusion of sickness is for. Healing is impossible without this. So what is the sickness for? What is the illness for? And I... I've seen amazing, miraculous physical, emotional, and mental healings in people who are really willing to do this work. And as Regina Dawn Akers and I talked about in the second week of Living a Course in Miracles, we both became so committed. Uh, we became absolutely determined to see as A Course in Miracles says, we became absolutely determined to give up the suffering and to follow the teachings of A Course in Miracles. It says at the beginning of the Course, Course in Miracles is not the only way for you to awaken and to reach atonement, which is that full realization that the separation never occurred. However, A Course in Miracles is the fastest way to wake up. And the more I hang out with friends like Regina, David Hoffmeister, Gary Renard, Earl Purdy, Ian Patrick, and Patricia Black here in Ireland, the more I hang out with these folks who are doing the work as I am doing it, the more I see, wow, we are profoundly waking up and i have found that the course in miracles course in miracles these teachings feel so clear to me they have brought me so much benefit that it's just absolutely clear for me this is the teaching that is going to take me home in my mind Now, I studied Science of Mind teachings for a long time, and studying them didn't do me a whole lot of good. And same with course, studying A Course in Miracles, not going to do you a whole lot of good. It's the application of the teachings. It's the devoted, dedicated application of the teachings. And, uh, uh, I think that's what my blog is about today. I write a, a daily inspiration every day and I record a new prayer every day. And that's part of the free stuff that I offer at jenniferhadley.com. You can go there and you can sign up for it on the blog page. You can also sign up for it on the home page. Uh, I offer a, de- a, a daily prayer and daily in- written inspiration. And that was what my inspiration for today was about, was becoming dedicated and devoted. And we can have profound healing, but what happens is the ego mind is one that consistently is in lack and limitation. So it's constantly fishing for us to agree with lack and limitation. Lack and attack, limitation and separation. And so what it is for us in living A Course in Miracles, it's practicing disconnecting from the ego. It's practicing identifying, oh, that's an ego thought. I am not going to invest my awareness in that. 
So let us invest right now in the teachings of A Course in Miracles and heal any sense of sickness, whether it's sickness in the physical body or even in your finances, in your relationships. You see, it applies to everything. All healing is at the level of the mind. This is the teaching we're going to work with here today. So in the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 5, page 17, it says, Healing is accomplished the instant the sufferer no longer sees any value in pain. Now, let's look at that, because if we don't understand this, it just can't make any sense to us, obviously. So, healing is accomplished the instant the sufferer no longer sees any value in pain. What's the value in pain? What is the value in pain? Well, I know for me, what I have experienced in my own life in the times that I was in pain, whether it was emotional pain or mental pain or physical pain or financial pain, whatever kind of pain it was, what I realized was I really used to absolutely treasure and cherish a sense of feeling sorry for myself. And for me, what I recognize now when I review what I used to experience, I really liked feeling so special because of my suffering. And I have seen that in a number of people. So over the years, I've talked to many people who had an issue of cancer, And I've heard them talk about my cancer this and my cancer that. And there's a sense of specialness that can often go with the illness. And so what is the illness for? The illness is a fast track to our healing. How cool is that? And it's so crazy, too, to the ego. What? Are you kidding? The sickness is to wake us up to the awareness that healing is at the level of the mind and that we have not been doing our healing work. Instead, we've been thinking thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. So it's an opportunity for us to cleanse the mind. It's it's also an opportunity to share love. So when we are experiencing illness and suffering, what we're offering to others is an opportunity to be loving and to be compassionate and to be generous and to share. And that is one of the hardest things for many people when they are suffering is they feel so limited. They feel so upset and tortured. They cannot bear being interdependent or wholly dependent. They can't bear it. And so over and over again, they say, oh, I'm so sorry you have to help me. I'm so sorry. And they really feel like they are a burden on someone else. And they can't stand it. All of that is ego. All of that is ego. Because I remember so clearly when my mom was so sick with cancer. And she was so sick, she couldn't hardly move. She couldn't bathe herself. She couldn't quite feed herself. All these things going on. I was so grateful that I could help her. 
I mean, literally, there were many times when I literally was brought to my knees and weeping out of deep and abiding gratitude that I had the ability to help my mother. And I remember the first instance, and you know, maybe this is a little indelicate to speak about, but I remember the first instance in my mother's uh, experience of that that illness where she needed to call out to me from the bathroom to help her wipe herself. And she was saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You have to do this. And I just said to her, you know what, mom, how many times have you wiped my bum? How many times, right? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of times you did that for me. Was it, Was it a horrible thing? Was it a big bummer? No, it wasn't because I was a little baby. But it doesn't matter because you did what you did out of love. I'm doing what I'm doing out of love. It's not a burden. I'm grateful that I am able to help you and to assist you, Mom. There is no suffering in it for me. I am so thankful and grateful that I can assist in some way, in any way. And so I was so clear about my complete joy in being able to help my mother that she was able to receive it. And that in and of itself was a healing. It was a healing between us. So healing is accomplished the instant the sufferer no longer sees any value in pain. So there are all kinds of ways. So just in that particular instance, if you can just uh, recognize that what was going on, my, my mom was feeling ashamed And that it should be different. She had a judgment. This should be different. Jennifer should not have to help me in this way. But I was willing and I was grateful that I could do it. And so I continued to just affirm that, Mom, there's no suffering here. I'm grateful. I am thankful. And I am willing. So that allowed her mind to relax. That allowed her mind to move into this place here where the sufferer no longer sees any value in pain. She no longer saw any value in being ashamed or suffering. So she opened her heart and her mind and relaxed into receiving. And then that particular shame and the suffering that accomplished it, uh, accompanied it, dissolved. Right? So this is what is possible for us. And that's just a unique example of how we can heal in moment-by-moment experiences when we become present to it and allow our mind to relax from the judgment. All right, so it's time for me to take a break. And let me just let you know, you're listening to Jennifer Hadley. The show is A Course in Miracles. You're at Unity Online Radio. Walk in the talk and live in the love, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. So our topic this week is healing 
fast track, getting on the healing fast track. Yes. And we're looking at in the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 5, which is entitled, How is Healing Accomplished? How the heck is healing accomplished? Healing is accomplished the instant the sufferer no longer sees any value in pain. Who would choose suffering unless he thought it brought him something and something of value to him? So this is key. From the ego-identified point of view, which most of us are working to shift to a spirit point of view, but from the ego point of view, it is impossible to understand that our experience in this world is a direct result of our thinking. So Course in Miracles teaches us all thought produces form at some level. There are no idle thoughts. Our thought plus our belief equals a power that can literally move mountains. It can also make a mountain of suffering. So the the point of view of many people in, in, in this world and even in this Course in Miracles teaching is that the suffering that I'm experiencing, so whether it's a physical illness, emotional, mental, or even financial seeming illness, whatever that could be you're blocked in your creativity, whatever the experience of lack and limitation is, it is the ego's perspective to blame it on the world. So I have cancer because I was a smoker. Right. So I talked about my mom in the last segment. And so she, in theory, died of lung cancer. And she had quit smoking 30 years before. And uh, let's see, my mom was about 70 years old, 71 years old when she made her transition. So she had smoked for 20 years, let's say, and then she had quit for 30 years and she died of lung cancer and supposedly maybe it was related to her smoking. But we all know people who have smoked until they were 110 years old and they never had lung cancer. So, and we also know people who have been eating organic uh, all their life practically and thinking good loving thoughts and yet they still get cancer. So, the thing is... For us not to necessarily look to the root cause of our thinking. I mean, the root, the thought that we're thinking to, cause the ego can get very involved in trying to discover who to blame. And it's, it's, there's great comfort to the ego in knowing who to blame. But we just know that all thought produces form at some level. So my experience is form. So if my experience is pain, it's my thinking that has caused this because my thinking is the cause of my experience. But that doesn't mean we go into blame because what is it for, right? These are the beginning lessons of A Course in Miracles. I don't know what anything is for. It's for my learning, It's for my learning. It's for my healing. The learning and the healing are the same. So the pain is the result of our thinking. And we are going to wake up from the sleep 
the ego-induced sleeping. And then we can choose thoughts that end the suffering and bring forth the peace and the harmony and the joy. And most of us know somebody who has done this, who has accomplished this, and now it's our turn. Who would choose suffering unless he thought it brought him something and something of value to him? He must think it is a small price to pay for something of greater worth. For sickness is an election, a decision. It is the choice of weakness in the mistaken conviction that it is strength. So what I encourage anyone to do who's suffering for any reason is start to really be willing to look at it with clarity, to look at it with the Holy Spirit, with the higher Holy Spirit self. Look at the circumstances, situations, feelings, and experience of your life from the vantage point of your own higher Holy Spirit self, the I am that I am. And you will see from a whole different point of view. So, you'll begin to see what's it for. It's for your learning. And then you can move into gratitude for your learning. Instead of hating the pain, gratitude for the learning. It's a very different approach. And it is a fast track to healing. To be grateful for your awareness of your suffering. Because many people suffer without awareness. Awareness is curative. Awareness is is healing. The more awake we become, the the more healing we experience. So looking at the experience of illness, lack, or limitation in whatever form you're experiencing it and saying to yourself, I want to know what this is for. I'm really interested. What is this for? I'd like to know. I'd really like to know. So it's opening your mind to that. Yes. I'd like to know what this is for. How can I make the most of this experience? How can I use this experience of seeming lack and limitation, pain and suffering to catapult me into awakened awareness? Start asking that question. And you, if you're truly interested in the answer, it will come to you. It will come to you over and over and over again in ways that are unmistakable. And according to your willingness, you will receive that answer and you will make decisions based on that. One thing I highly recommend doing that I have done is to sit down and with a pen and a piece of paper and to write down what are the benefits of this situation to me. What are the benefits? So if you're suffering, start writing down what are the benefits. Now, the the ego is going to say there are no benefits. Jennifer Hadley is a crazy woman and I am not going to listen to her anymore. The heck with her. She has lost her mind. However... Just try. See if you can discover what the benefits are. I remember having a conversation many years ago with someone I knew. I've known many, many people, many, many people in my lifetime who have been diagnosed with AIDS. And 
they all have their own different situations and circumstances. And I've known people who died um, from illnesses related to AIDS. And I know people who have lived with AIDS for decades. I know all kinds of people. And this one particular person I spoke to uh, was saying, my life would be so different if I didn't have AIDS. My life would be good if I didn't have AIDS. AIDS is ruining my life. And so I said to him, well, what are the benefits of having AIDS? And he got so mad at me. He said, there are no benefits to having AIDS. He got so angry with me. There are no benefits, none. And he said, do you not see how much my life is compromised because I have AIDS? And uh, I didn't. I said, well, here's what I see. I see that you are a very creative person and that because you have this illness that, uh, and because of when you got the diagnosis and what programs you're participating in, that you're living in special housing, which costs you very little money, that you get uh, uh, all kinds of support from the government and that allows you to work part-time so you don't have a big nut to to uh, earn every month in order to support yourself. You have a small nut compared, much smaller nut than many people, and you're guaranteed this housing, uh, and you have all these benefits as a result. You have a lot of benefits as a result. And so you work part-time, and the rest of the time you get to explore your creativity and the other things that you're interested in. You have a pretty laid-back lifestyle, and you live in a beautiful place in a beautiful neighborhood. And it actually seems pretty idyllic to me. I think there are a lot of people who would love to be in your circumstance. And what I also see is that with the meds and things that you're on, that you're not really physically suffering. I don't see that. But I do see that you're in mental anguish because the meaning that you've made of it. And you are looking at it as though it should be different. And that somehow this illness is diminishing your life. But what I see is the benefits are tremendous for you. Just tremendous. And I also have seen people in my lifetime who had illness that they were constantly um, using their illness as a defense against living their gifts and talents. So they had convinced themselves in their mind that they couldn't live their gifts and talents. So as though they, so they weren't expressing their gifts and talents in any full way. And they felt that they couldn't, that because of the limitations of their physical body, perceived limitations of their physical body, they couldn't share their gifts and talents. And so they never had to take a risk. There was no risk of not succeeding or maybe their gifts and talents weren't valued or they never had to go out on a limb uh, or maybe they made uh, 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 the assessment that because of their illnesses, they couldn't participate in romantic relationships that were fulfilling uh, because of the quote-unquote disabilities 
related to their illnesses, or it could be related to uh, an addiction, could be related to a financial situation. People make up all kinds of stories about their circumstances and what's possible for them and what's not possible for them. And then they believe them to be true. But these are all stories of lack and limitation. I'm going to invite you to watch a movie that I saw a few months ago, and I believe it's called The Sessions. I'll see if I can look that up. It's just coming into my mind now to... Um, uh, to suggest it to you, uh, I got the uh, the the disc at Netflix. I love my Netflix, and um, yeah, it's called "The Sessions" with Helen Hunt, and it is about a man. It's a true story about a man who uh, uh, is he has to spend a certain amount of his time in an iron lung, and he is a uh, quadriplegic and he decides he wants to have uh, he'd like to have a sexual life and he goes about uh, having uh, pursuing that experience he, he would like to lose his virginity and he goes about that might seem a little racy topic but it's it's quite a beautiful movie it's fun it's playful and it's the true story of this this man mark o'brien who was a writer and a poet and and a quadriplegic and he uh he thought he couldn't have uh, sexual relationship he thought he couldn't have romantic relationship because he had he was a quadriplegic but it turns out he was wrong <laughs> he was wrong and he goes on to prove it to himself so all healing is at the level of the mind and we don't know what anything is for but there is a temptation to think we know what things are for even though we don't so here it says a little bit further down that uh, in the middle of paragraph 2 here on page 17 in the manual for teachers if he is healed he is responsible for his thoughts you know and this is the thing that many people are avoiding if if i'm healed the only way for me to have healing is to take responsibility for my thinking oh lord i don't want to do that oh boy how can I get out of that? But responsibility is absolutely key for us to have the life that we deeply desire. We we must be willing to take responsibility. There is no way around it. And uh, I was, was talking about that last week. So I'm not going to go over that too much because we really, I think we really covered that a lot last week. Uh, and I'll just, I'll just say this. Go back to, uh, chapter 21, page 448 in the text. I am responsible for what I see. Also what I feel. I am responsible for what I see, what I feel. I choose the feelings I experience and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I asked for and receive as I have asked, including the illness. If he is healed, he is responsible for his thoughts. So, we have to surrender 
feeling sorry for ourselves and energizing the pain and the suffering by affirming it over and over and over again. It says in paragraph one of the next section here in the Manual for Teachers, the shift in perception, paragraph one, chapter five here. Healing must occur in exact proportion to which the valuelessness of sickness is recognized. So we have to move into a space of saying, you know what? I have been saying that this sickness has benefits or maybe it was actually hidden. Like I was talking about my friend. It was, he didn't realize, oh, the illness has all these benefits. I said to him, dude, would you be willing to give up all the benefits that you are receiving? Like literally month by month, these benefits you're getting from the government in order to have a healing. Well, that stopped him in his tracks. It really did. And that's understandable. It's, he, it's not that he was doing anything wrong. He's waking up. He's learning. I'm waking up. I'm learning. So when I have a recognition, oh, my thinking is faulty. It's a celebration for me. Not an accusation. Nothing is wrong. It says here, one need but say, there is to get, there is no gain at all to me in this, and he is healed. So are you willing to do that with whatever it is you're looking at in terms of lack and limitation and say that there's no gain for me in this experience? Look at all the benefits you receive. Write them down. Get clear about them. We're going to talk about this some more after the break. I'm going to take a break right here. My name is Jennifer Hadley, and you are listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. And our mission is to walk the talk and live the love together. I'll be right back. Need support interrupting unhealthy patterns and building practices that support your potential? Visit www.servicetoself.com to join one of Freeman Michael's excellent online coaching programs. Again, that's www.servicetoself.com. Overcoming unhealthy patterns and becoming the you that you were born to be. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says, we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio.
been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. All righty. So we're, we're getting to the nitty gritty here. Are you willing to really take an inventory and start to look at the benefits that you receive from whatever the limited situation is that maybe you complain about that you feel tortured by? I'll give you uh, an instance of a conversation I once had with someone who asked me, could I help them as, uh, in working with healing? Uh, in giving up an addiction to alcohol. So this person had had uh, an addiction to alcohol uh, for decades, was really entrenched in this uh, addiction to alcohol, or so it seemed, so it seemed. And so I said, well, here's the thing. Let's look at your willingness to take responsibility. So I said, you're you're telling me that for decades you've been an active drunk. And so in your circle of friends and family, people probably have pretty low expectations from you. Would you say that that's true? And this person said, yeah, I think that is true. I said, do you feel like your family, your friends, and the people in your life feel like they can't really count on you or depend on you because you're consistently letting them down because of the alcohol? And this person said, yep, I think that's true. And I said, so you've got very little responsibility to your friends and your loved ones. You don't have to keep your commitments. You don't have to keep your agreements. And you don't have to even really be responsible to them at all, to yourself. And they said, yeah, I think that's that's true. I never thought about it. And I said, now, if you become sober, that is going to dramatically shift because sober people are expected to be responsible. Sober people are expected to show up on time. Sober people have commitments to keep to other people they're in relationship with. They make agreements and commitments and they're held to them. People are not going to give you all kinds of leeway and say whatever when you don't show up once you get sober. So... Can I support you in sobriety and healing whatever is happening in your mind that is producing this experience of addiction? Absolutely, I can support you. I can't do the healing because I have no idea how to do healing for anyone but me, but I can support you in your healing. However, if you don't have a willingness to be responsible, if you don't have a willingness to keep your commitments and keep your agreements. If you don't have a willingness to let people love you as you are and open your heart to love, 
I really, I don't see the healing happening. I don't know how it could. I think you will resist it and roadblock it just like you've been doing for the last few decades. So what is key to our healing is the willingness to be healed, which means a willingness to really live in that total responsibility total responsibility and i find that whether people are looking for a healing in their relationships their finances their physical body their emotional body their mental body that this is one of the 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 areas that they're consistently experiencing as long as the healing is not happening and that is they are not interested in taking full 100 percent responsibility because what what happens is when we're really take, willing to take total responsibility, we move into a place of yippee every time that we discover, oh, wow, I have been shirking responsibility. It says here, first, one must recognize certain facts. First, it is obvious that decisions are of the mind and not of the body. So we think that the body is sick and we're going to heal the body with things that we do to the body. All healing is at the level of the mind. It really is. So if the medicine seems to heal the body, it's because the mind has agreed to it. This is why placebos are so effective. It is obvious that decisions are of the mind and not of the body. If sickness is but a faulty problem-solving approach, it is a decision. Sickness is a decision. If it is a decision, it is the mind and not the body that makes it. The body doesn't make any decisions. So all healing is at the level of the mind. What is the decision that the mind makes when there is illness? It's valuing that which is not valuable. It is, I am the one who decides versus I am aligned with divine will. Now it says here, the resistance to recognizing this, which is that all healing is at the level of the mind, is enormous because the existence of the world as you perceive it depends on the body being the decision maker. Terms like instincts, reflexes, and the like represent attempts to endow the body with non-mental motivators, right? Don't we do that? Don't we make the body the decision maker? Well, based on what I feel in my body, I need to make these decisions. Responsibility is the key. The acceptance of sickness as a decision of the mind for a purpose for which it would use the body is the basis of healing. Okay? So, we can tune into this. What is the purpose of the illness? What is the purpose of the illness? What is the purpose of the financial struggle? What is the purpose of the emotional illness? Be willing to discover what is the purpose and to know the truth and to not make it something outside there in the world. It's a defense against the truth, isn't it? It says in here, in paragraph three now, what is the single requisite for this shift in perception? 
the, the shift to healing. It is simply this, the recognition that sickness is of the mind and has nothing to do with the body. What does this recognition cost? It costs the whole world you see, for the world will never again appear to rule the mind. Is that your experience that your your body rules the mind? I love this. At it's so key here. I'm just I'm I'm just feeling into it. Talks about really recognizing that we are the ones who are projecting this with our minds. And that requires a willingness to take responsibility. And it requires a willingness to see what is it all for. It's for our learning. And we can welcome that learning instead of cursing it. To accept this release, the insignificance of the body, must be an acceptable idea. And this is very challenging for most of us. To really focus in on the mind and value the mind. Because we live in a world that values the body, don't we? Right? We celebrate the body, the body beautiful. And, you know, the gorgeous body, the sexy body, the, the body that's ripped, the body that is gorgeous, all of that. Right? And we can say that we're not good enough because our body is, uh, shaped this way or that way or the skin is this color or that color or this part is missing or this part is deformed all of these things related to the body let us really accept and be willing to understand what all healing at the level of the mind means it means our liberation let us work at the level of the mind and really if there's any kind of disturbance in the physical mental or emotional body to recognize that it is a result of our thinking every time. That there's nothing outside of us that can cause our upset. It is always within. So this week in Living a Course in Miracles, we are focused in our classwork, How to Be Happy. Earl Purdy is our teacher. And to me, this is a perfect follow-up to the classes on accelerated wellness from last week in Living A Course in Miracles. Won't you join us at livingacourseofmiracles.com and right now, won't you join me in a prayer and a blessing? Let's place our hand on our heart and be so grateful and so thankful that we can do our healing and that we don't need to rely on our own judgments or opinions. In fact, we cannot. Let us give the higher Holy Spirit self the heavy lifting. Let us call for the full release of all judgments and opinions, stepping into total responsibility. We are grateful and thankful that we can respond with love. In grace and gratitude, we welcome divine inspiration. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing and our expanded awareness with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining with me. Thank you so much. I love you. Have a great week.